Uh, turn to 2 Corinthians tonight, chapter number 2. I, I told you Wednesday night uh, I wanted to preach some messages that God has laid on my heart. And this message, I, I'm probably going to preach this on uh, Sunday nights for the next few Sunday nights. I don't know how long I'll go on it, but uh, whenever the Lord just lays my heart on it to do this. Uh, but preaching on the, the, the devices of Satan, the devices of Satan. Uh, verse number uh, 11 of chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians. I'm going to read one verse. Now keep your Bibles open. Now, I, I want you to go with me throughout the Bible. And I want you to see things and read things that it's not what I say, it's but what God says. That way you can see it and you, you can know where to find it. If something comes on, you can go with it. So keep your Bibles open. We'll be going throughout the Bible just uh, bringing some verses out to try to back up what I'm trying to tell you this, this evening. Verse number 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. Paul, Paul says, hey, there is one out there that's seeking to destroy you. There's one out there that wants to trip you up. There's one out there that wants to make you fall. He says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Just uh, help us tonight. Help us to open our hearts and minds, Lord, to receive your word. And help us to be what we need to be. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Here in the text, Paul is warning these Christ, uh, Corinthian church, uh, he's warning these believers not to be ignorant. Uh, someone said ignorance is bliss. I, I guess that would be great unless you're fighting an enemy, especially fighting an enemy like the devil. If you're going to fight the enemy like the devil, you don't need to be ignorant about any of the things that he's going to throw in your life, throw in your path, Paul said, don't be ignorant about his devices. Don't be ignorant about the thoughts that you have about uh, people who just seem to pop up in your pathway from time to time. Some of them are satanic uh, devices. Have you ever thought, had a thought and just shoot in your mind and you go, where in the world did that come from? Why, why did that pop And Lord, you know I serve you, Lord, and you know I love you, Lord, you know I, I, I'm yours, but why would something like that pop up in my mind? I'm a saved child. I can't think of things like that, but all of a sudden that popped up in my mind. You may thought something weird or thought something about an individual, and you say, where in the world did that come from? Listen, don't be ignorant about uh, uh, the fact that some of the thoughts that run through your mind, God puts them there. The Holy Ghost brings those thoughts to your mind. But just as God puts thoughts in your mind, God leaves your heart. Don't be ignorant that the devil cannot put thoughts in your heart and thoughts in your mind. There's unholy spirits and the unclean spirits the devil and the demons are, are, are our adversaries. He is the wicked one who's also sliding those thoughts through our minds. And we don't do them on our own. So Paul said, don't be ignorant about those things. In fact, you ought to do, uh, when his thoughts pop up in your mind, you ought to weigh them out. Weigh them out. Where did that thought come from? 
Lord, I didn't think this up on my own. Where did it come from? And what you need to do is filter it through God's strainer. And I promise you, if you run it through God's strainer, and if it be of God, the Word of God will back it up. But I also say if, it's, if it does not go through the strain of God's Word, then you know it is of the devil. So figure it out. It was either God or he's either the devil. Amen. Paul said, don't be ignorant to the devil's devices. Don't be ignorant to the fact that the devil will put somebody in your pathway not to help you, but to hinder you. Just like God would put people in your pathway that you can be a blessing to, that you can help along the way. The devil will put people in your pathway to try to hinder you, to try to knock you down, to try to get you to fall away. The Bible tells us in Proverbs that we need to have discernment for people. We need to have discernment. Learning how to discern, how to try the spirit to see whether it is God, how to discern people to see if they're of the God or the devil. If it's somebody that I can help, I can minister to. But if it's somebody that don't want to help, I cannot minister to them. Paul said, don't be ignorant. In the book, Art, The Art of War, it was written by a Chinese man years and years and years ago. And he was, he was a battle soldier. He'd been through battles. He, he understood the, the mindset of the enemies. And he said this, know thyself and know thy enemy. A hundred battles, a hundred victories. You want to be able to be a victorious Christian, know yourself, know your enemy, know where you're weak at, and, and know where you, you're going to be attacked at. Know something about your problems. Know something about you. And also know something about the enemy that you're facing. And he's coming after you. The best way to com combat these devices, Paul is trying to warn us. He said in the text, lest Satan should take advantage of us. The word advantage means a gain, a foothold, a toehold or gain, a ground in your life. Do you realize the Lord wants more of your life tonight? More of you each night? He wants your mind, he wants your hands, he wants your heart, he wants your eyes, he wants your feet, he wants everything about you. But be assured of this, rest assured of this, God wants more of you. So does the devil want more of you. So don't be ignorant to the vices that the devil has placed at us. So, so next few Sundays, I, I want to look at these devices and help us, and every one of us has these uh, devices in our life somewhere or another, somehow. These devices that the devil will throw in your pathway, how, how some people think about what devices, about smoking, we talked about smoking, drinking, and alcohol, or devices of the devil, I, I, I beg to differ with you, they're not the devices of the devil, I think they're just byproducts of a deeper sin that's going on, that's done by the devices of the devil. 
He wants you to fall tonight. But there's greater things than those that we are able to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about is pride. Pride. The device of the devil. And of all the devices that the devil has to throw at us, I believe this is the one of the worst ones. The sin of pride. Of all the times that the word of pride is mentioned in some form of uh, fashion in the word of God is 106 times. The word proud is mentioned 48 times. The word pride is mentioned 49 times. And the word proudly is mentioned one time. Nine times, I mean, nine times. And if you look at every one of those times that that word is mentioned, I went through all 166 verses. I, I looked at every one of them. Not one of them except maybe one speaks in a pride in a positive manner. Psalms 31, 23. Oh, love the Lord. All you saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentiful and render the proud doer. You could take that either way. But either way, all the verses that you read in the Bible concerning pride or prideful or pride is in a negative way in God's Word. Now, I realize these kind of messages don't make us want to jump and run and shout, but these kind of messages are the ones that we really need in our hearts and in our lives, and not only in our hearts and our lives, but we need it in the church. Because pride can come to your life. We, we live in one of the most prideful countries there are in the world today. I'm American. I love to be American. Amen. It's a pride country. I'm not prideful, but I, I'm proud that I live in America. But if you look at all that we got, and all that goes on in this country is nothing but stinking pride. You got it. I got it. The whole country's got it. God hates pride. There are those that say God doesn't hate anything. <clears throat> they are wrong. God hates things and God also hates certain people. That has pride. Turn to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6 tonight. Proverbs chapter 6. Do you know the, the word, the middle word, letter in pride is? And that is our trouble. I. That's our trouble right there. Maybe some, uh, some sins that I preach on and you say, I. Uh, uh, I'm doing my best. Uh, that's a besetting sin. I'm not that way. Uh, maybe there are some sins that I preach on that's not besetting sins. But there are some sins that I have been preaching on. All is our problem from the pulpit to the back pew. There isn't one person here that doesn't battle pride. You say, well, no, no. Yeah, every one of us battle the sin pride. Proverbs 6, 16. Well, I don't know. 16 right here. Get the right chapter and right book. I'll be all right. 
These six things do the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look. A proud look. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood and a heart that d- deviseth wicked imagination filled the, the swift is running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies and he that soweth discord among brethren. All these things are attached to people. These are not just sins out there. These things are attached to people. Now how am I going to deal with all those things? I'm not going to deal with all of them tonight. But I'm going to deal with that first one. Pride. Lord cannot stand a prideful look. Get into the place where your life, that you say, man, look what I've done. Look, look at me. Look what I am. Look what I've achieved. Look at all the things that I've done in my life. I, I, I'm a Christian. I'm a super Christian. I'm a businessman. I'm a great friend. Just look at me. Ain't that prideful? Bible said in Proverbs 21, 4, and high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. There's so much in the Bible about pride. We're all guilty of it. The Bible said God resisted the pride but giveth grace to the humble. You cannot get anything from God being a proudful man. You cannot come to God in a proudful form and a pride in your life and expect God to give you something. I I believe pride is a sin that sends more Christians to hell than any other sin there is. Any other sin. Because they're proudful. They pride. They they trusted God to save them instead of doing it themselves. They don't need God. Hey, uh, I can do it everything myself. They did it their way. The song says, I did it my way. They did it their way. They they reached down and pulled up the bootstraps themselves and look what I've done. I I accomplished this. I accomplished that. Uh, I'm a great person. I've arrived at a statue in society that that people look at and admire. We've done it ourselves. They don't trust God for salvation anymore because they're too prideful of themselves. I, I heard a message years ago by an old preacher. One of them old bib over hall white shirt, bow tie preachers preach a message on four types of pride. He said pride of face, pride of race, pride of grace, and pride of place. The pride of place, the position that you're at in life. People get prideful by what they've achieved in life. Pride of face Thinking about looking around, something good. Whoo, look at me. You walk by a mirror, go, whoo. <laughs> we, we see this all the time on Facebook, selfies. That's prideful. It ain't nothing but being prideful. You, you see it all the time. You see these things on Facebook. You see it all the time. It's nothing but being prideful. Pride of race. Have you ever seen a country so adamant about race? 
we're so adamant about race. I'm not ashamed of being a white man. I'm not prideful about it either. I did not choose on who I was born. I did not choose who, what color I was born. God chose me. But it's all about race today in this country. Pride of grace. He says that's what Christians get that have been saved. They, get, they said, I've been saved. And they look at somebody else that's a sinner and says, Lord, I'm not like them. That, that like at Pharisees, Lord, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a good man. I'm not like those out there. I'm not a, I'm not a, a sinner. I'm not that. I, I fast. I tithe. I do all those things. Lord, uh, even this uh, 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 publican here, I, I don't, I'm glad I'm not like them. That's pride of grace. Pride of grace. We have it. There's several things about this pride that I like to show you tonight. The first thing I like to say, pride is the original sin. Pride is the original sin. People say sex is the original sin. No, sex is not the original sin. Why? Because I want to show you something that happened for Genesis 1-1. Amen. Turn to Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Now I know you probably ain't read this much Bible all week long, so you get your Bible in for next coming week. You get to read all these verses with me, and you say, wow, I don't have to read my Bible this week because Brother Jimmy got me caught up on my Bible reading. Amen. Who says that? Oh, I, I got that. Isaiah chapter 14. We're going to find something in Isaiah chapter 14 that happened for Genesis 1-1. This is a story how Lucifer became Satan, the serpent, the enemy of your soul. 14-12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said it in thy heart. Let, let, me, let me say this before I can defend. I am not sure that he actually verbalized what he was fixing to say. But you want to know something about pride? Pride is a sin that starts on the inside and works its way on the outside. A lot of times pride is that sin that nobody sees except you. You had that prideful heart, and, and nobody sees that heart. But you know about, you're the only one that knows about it. He had a prideful heart. I don't think any of the other angels, uh, uh, Michael or Gabriel, I don't think any of the rest of them saw that pride he had in his heart and his life. But God saw it. But God saw it. God is the center of those thoughts intent of the heart. He saw it. You ever, you ever, I used to love going down in the pasture and just reaching up and grabbing off the apple tree and just running through there and just oh, take a bite off of it. 
And you look down in there, and the worst thing, worse than seeing a worm in your apple is seeing half a worm. Yeah. Amen. You go down there to the apple tree, and you look up at your apple trees, you see those worm holes in your apples. You're thinking, well, hey, a worm's done got into my apple. Wrong. The worm has done got out of your apple. Why? Because that worm was there when the apple was still a blossom. The moth came along and, and planted its seed on that blossom. And as that apple grew, so did the seed of that moth inside that apple. That's why I'm saying uh, pride is a sin that nobody can see. You know it's not there. You can pick up an apple and look at it. It looks real good. But as soon as you bite inside of it, something's wrong with it. Starts on the inside, works his way on the outside. Amen. God saw the intent of his heart. God saw that. Verse 13. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will set upon the mount of the congregation in the Sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And if you look at verse 13 and verse 14, I don't know if you caught this. I emphasize I. There are six pronouns that he pronounced in the pronouncing of his uh, 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 intent, his renouncing of the pride in his life. Five of them are I and one is my. It's the first sin. A good question to ask right now is how did he get prideful? How, how does anybody get prideful? Has any pride entered your life? Well, let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 28. We'll find out. Ezekiel chapter 28. I am more and more convinced that every sin that a man does, every sin that a woman does, in some shape, form, or fashion is rooted in pride. Even the sins you commit and say, well, nobody, nobody will find out about that. That is pride. I can hide it, but nobody will be able to find it. That is pride. Verse number 12, son of man, take up thy lamentations upon the king of Tyrus. You say, well, that's the king of Tyrus. Let's keep reading. And saying to him, thus said the Lord God, thou hast sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. You see who he is now, don't you? Every precious stone was covering the sawdust, the topaz, the diamonds, the beryls, the onyx, the jaspers, the sapphires, the emeralds, and all the carnbuckles, and the gold, and the workmanship of thy tavern, and thy pipes are prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art anointed a cherubim, covered, and I have set thee so thou wast upon the holy mountain of God, and thou hast walked upon, upon and down on the midst of the stones." Thou was perfect in thy ways from the days that thou was created till 
iniquity was found in thee. He said, hey, uh, you was most pretty. Uh, you're the most beautiful. That, that's why music, it, 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 it ruins people. It, it sends people to hell because all the pride they have in music. You listen to all this music going on today. It's nothing. I, I, I'm telling you, you listen on the radio. You listen on TV. Some of this garbage, you can't even understand what they're saying. Amen. He, he got so prideful because of his looks, of what he looked like, and, and his music, he was built into him. He was prideful. Verse 17. Here we go. Thine heart was lifted up because of the beauty, because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. He said, hey, he had a pride. We, we talked about Job, Job chapter 41. He's talking about the Leviathan, which is the devil. The last verse in that chapter, chapter 41, read it for yourself. Behold all high things. He is a king over all the children of pride. You, you know one of the ways the devil tempt, tempted Eve? The sin and fall? He tempted her with the three sins that tempted everybody else sitting here. 1 John chapter 2. The lust of the flesh, lust of the vine, pride of life. The Bible said when she behold, she looked at that tree and she was tempted with the tree for it was good for food. Then it was pleasant to the eye and a tree to desire to make one wise. She was prideful. You know what pride is? Pride is when you start telling yourself you're smarter than this. You don't have to take this. You're better than that. And that was what the devil was telling Eve. You don't have to stay under the, uh, the boot of God. You don't have to stay under the thumb of God. Uh, you're better than that Eve. You can be God yourself. We love to jump up when you're good. Oh, you're wonderful. You're beautiful. You're great. There's none good, no, not one. If we deserve what we got, Hell will be our home. Hell will be our home. Turn to Proverbs 13. Give you some quick things about pride and we'll go home.
Pride is a fighting sin. Proverbs 13.10. You could probably quote this verse. If you can't, you need to learn it. Only bride pride cometh contention, but with the will of it is wisdom. Almost every fight that you have ever had with your siblings was over pride. Every fight you ever had with your brother and sister, you trace it all back to pride. Even in your life, you can trace every fight that you had in your life back to pride some way. And you could say to your, your, your brother or your sister, you ain't getting that, that's mine. Take your hands off, you can't let... What's it what? It's mine. You can't have it, you can't play with that. Why not? You're not playing with it. It's just sitting there. Pride. Most fights between my wife and I over the last 48 years, well, we don't fight. We have fellowship and communion aggressively. We discuss things heatedly. You know where most of those fights come from, those uh, thoughts and those uh, uh, congregations? Most stem from the time that say, comes that we say, I'm right. I'm right. Amen. How many fights you've had with your spouse when you say, I'm right. You're wrong. When it gets down to it, some fights are worth fighting, but there are some fights that just should not fight. Amen. It comes from pride. Contention always starts. In churches, it starts when someone gets lifted up in pride. It starts in contention. Well, I, I wasn't asked about that. They didn't ask my opinion about that. Why didn't they call on me to sing? We get a prideful look. Contention starts. It's a fighting sin. I'll tell you what pride will wind up doing to you. It will kill you. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goeth before the destruction and the Holy Spirit before the fall. It'll kill you. It'll kill you. That's being lifted up. That's what is said about the devil lifted up in our hearts and they heard that statement. They look down their nose at people, that Holy Spirit, before the fall. That's when you walk around with your head stuck in the air so much that if it rains, you'll drown because it'll get into your nose too much. Looking down at a people on your nose because you're thinking you're better than everybody else. You lift it up in your own mind. It'll make you fall. I have no desires for messages like this. I, I have no desire for them. But there are 160 verses, 106 verses in the Bible dealing with this sin of pride. And that is something that God deals with daily with mankind. 
So if God's dealing with it daily, then you and I ought to learn something about this thing, pride. It is a fighting sin. It is also a foolish sin. Pride will deceive you into thinking that you're something that you're not. It makes you think you are better than you really are. Listen, I believe in having a Bible standards. I believe in Bible convictions, living that life. There are those things right in life. But I'm telling you, there is a danger when you start getting all your I's dotted, all your T's crossed, the right clothes, the right music, there's a danger you'll start thinking it was, that's right, that's right. There's nothing wrong with getting closer to things that are right. But make sure you have the right heart when it's doing that. And I'm preaching to me, I have to be careful of that stuff. I have to be careful of getting on that platform. I've I, I seen this, it came by through the way of Facebook. Somebody sent it to me, said, take a look at this, what do you think about it? As there was a picture on this, it was just a picture. It had this guy sitting on the front of a pew. He had his bandana on his head, his biker jacket, tattoos up and everything. And the, he had his Bible in his hand like this in his lap looking down at the Bible. And the caption above his head was said, Lord, I just want to serve you. And in that picture was two other people sitting on both sides of him dressed to the nine. Had their Bibles in their hand. And the caption above them was, Lord, he cannot be loving you. He's not dressed right. He don't look right. Pride. It's a foolish sin. It'll make you think you're better than you are. It'll put a thought in your head and say, hey, I am better than them. I am better because I dressed the part. I looked the part. I sang the part. I am better than them. Let me tell you what. People get saved every day. They got scars in this world on their bodies. And God still loves them. But yet the church can't. Whoa. How about that? They said, what do you think? I said, I understand what they're trying to say. But they came about the wrong way. God loves everybody. See, it's a, it's a foolish sin. This is my philosophy right here. I don't know your heart. I'm going to preach the Bible to you. Hope you live right regardless of who you are, where you come from, or what's going on in your life, I'm going to preach to you regardless. The prideful stuff, that the suits that we wear. I, I don't wear a suit because I got passed from that. I, I don't wear that. I've gotten closer to God because I wear a suit. No, I don't get closer to God because I wear a suit. It doesn't matter where you wear a suit. It doesn't matter what you wear. If you're close to God, you're close to God. It's those that sit in church that think it's foolish that, hey, they can't serve God because they're dressed that way. God loves them all. About Obadiah 3 says, The pride of thy heart has deceived thee. 
thou that dwellest in the cliffs of the rock, whose inhabitation is high, that saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Is that what the Pharisee said? Lord, I think I'm, I'm better. I'm not like the extortioners. I'm not an unjust. I'm not an adulterer. I'm not even as this publican. I tithe. I, I fast. And that publican over there said, standing in office, Lord, I, I can't even look to heaven. I'm not even worthy. He smote on his breast and saying, God, be merciful unto me. The Bible said that this man went home justified and God resisted the problem. It's a foolish sin. He was deceived by his pride. If you read chapter 4 in Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar got lifted up and God got a hold of him. He was driven from the men and he eat grass as an oxen. His body was wet in the dew of the heavens until his hair was grown like an eagle, like feathers, and his nails like bird claws. He had lost his mind because he got lifted up. The whole point of the reason God did that was just to make him down, take him down the ground. And let him know, you ain't what you think you are. Haman, same way. Haman came in and the king and unto him said, What shall be done unto the men whom the king delighteth to honor? Now the king and the Haman thought in his heart, Boy, that's me. That's me. To whom would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? But he was talking about his enemy. He's talking about his enemy, Mordecai. And he said, hey, you ought to put him in your fine robe. You ought to put the ring on him, put the crown on him, put him in your chariot, and ride him through the town saying, hey, this is who the king honoreth. And Haman said, here, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. I, I, that's what I want. And he said, hey, Haman said, yes, that's what you ought to do. And he said, then go and take Mordecai and put the robe on him, put the ring on him, put the crown on him, and take him put in the church. And you go forward with him. Proclaiming. Sin, pride is foolish sin. But also, pride can be a forsaken sin. And I'm preaching to all of us. It is something that we have to forsake. And we have to do it on a regular basis. It's not something you can deal with pride and get it over at one time. You, you don't have pride in your life. Again. It, comes up, it keeps popping up in your life everywhere you go. So how do we fight this pride? Turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. That's just simply saying 
Look at me. Look at me. Look at what I can do. Just don't do it because you don't you want to get self-glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. That is looking at your brothers and sisters in Christ, saying you are a better Christian than I am. They love the Lord better than I do. Esteem others better than themselves. Verse 4, look not at every man on his own things, but every man also, also on the things of others. That is not talking about what you want from your brother. It's talking about helping him and being a blessing to him. Verse 5, let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. If the Lord did this, then you and I can do this. Who, being in form of God, thought it to robbery, be equal of God, but made himself no reputation. Now, I ain't like that. Listen, if you and I was the king of the kings and lord of lords, we were the ruler of this world, we walk this earth, everybody in the world is going to know about it. Ooh, you know who I am. Come here, and I'll show you who I am. He, he, he didn't want nobody. In fact, he even went around healing people and said, hey, don't go tell nobody. Boy, if we laid hands on somebody and said, Woo, go tell everybody. I want everybody to know that I am him. No, he said, no. He made himself no reputation. And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. When I read these verses, it's an indictment against most pastors of churches today. They're out to make themselves a reputation. They're not servants, but they're nothing more like the men that preach to do, to preach, I, I, I want to get this, I want that, I want this. I, I like watching other preachers and see what they do and see if they're being a blessing and see what they're doing in the churches. And if it's good, then maybe we can have to try that. But if you watch some preachers and see what they're doing in the church and, and it's all about self, I won't do that. I won't do that. They missed the mark. They're still in the flesh. I've heard preachers say, my church, my church, my church. If it's your church and you get it in your mind thinking it's your church and all you say is my church, it's not your church. God died for the church. It belongs to Jesus Christ. He just made you a shepherd over the flock. It's not your church. And if you get to thinking it's my church, my church, my church, and sooner or later you're going to start thinking it's my money. My money. Believe it or not, I know a preacher in Florida was exactly that way. My church. I built this church. This is exactly the way he thought about it. Pride. Pride will get you. Verse number eight. And being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself. And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You can combat pride. Let this mind be in you, 
which is also in Jesus Christ. Jesus humbled himself. You need to humble yourself. Jesus lowered himself. You need to lower yourself. Jesus even washed the feet of the disciples and he was the savior of the world. What an abasement of self that he will lower himself. How do we combat pride? When everybody else is above us and we stay below them. Preaching on advices of the devil. Pride. It will come into your life. You can get pride. You can hide it from me. You can hide it from everybody else. We can't see it because it starts on the inside in the heart and works its way out. But when it comes out, it's going to kill you. It's going to kill you.